This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Hi, it's Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks here, your host for The Voice of Leadership and Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership. And I'm wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. First of all, I'd like to let you know that today will be our last live podcast broadcast of the holiday season. The Trans Leadership team will be taking some time off during the holidays to spend with our families, and we will resume our regular podcast broadcasting on Tuesday, the 16th of January. Now, in the meantime, we will be airing shows from our archives, and these are shows that have been especially selected by me because I think that now is a good time to hear them again and to pay attention to the messages and what they mean for us at this season and in the coming new year. And what I'd like to share with you today is a walkthrough of what is often covered in churches at this season. Many churches actually light what are called the Advent candles, and those Advent candles cover the subjects of hope, peace, joy, and love. And I'd like to talk about all of that today. And when we think about the word Advent, it comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming or approach or arrival. And we know that Jesus Christ, the Messiah of God, did arrive in the world already many years ago in Bethlehem, and that was the first Advent. We also know and understand that he will return And so we anticipate and look forward also to the second coming. We think about the word hope, which is the first word of the, and the first candle that's lit during the Advent season. First, I was thinking about Psalm 42 and 11, where the psalmist is really going through a difficult time, a difficult season, feeling as though he's being chased by his enemies and those who would oppress him. And he's wondering, where is God in all of this? And I think that that's relevant for our time frame as well. We have wars all over the world right now and some really difficult and challenging circumstances. And so in Psalm 42, 11, the psalmist says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. And that's an important thing for us to remember, that the hope of our countenance and the one who keeps us and is still paying attention and is still on the throne is God himself. And we want to keep that in mind, even as we go through uh, this season where it can feel like there's not hope. And when we think about hope, we're thinking about the kind of faith that's really 
in the future. In other words, not just faith for what's going on now, but faith that I believe what God has said in his word and what he has said about himself, about what he's doing in the future. So hope is that expectation and belief that we can trust God and we can believe God who holds our future. So I want to read Romans, the 15th chapter, and this is verse 13. And it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now notice in this verse, it talks about being filled also with joy and peace, which are two other words in the Advent calendar, if you will. And it says that it's the God of hope who will do this filling of us. And this is all happening. We're having this peace in believing, believing in God, that we know through that hope that we will abound in hope, and it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. So even when things look bleak, when things look dark around us, we must remember that the Holy Spirit of God is still at work and he's doing what we can't do, what we may be powerless to do, though he is not powerless to do anything that God has ordained to be done. And we know that even in the Lord's Prayer, which is often called the Disciples' Prayer, We know that we pray for God's will to be done on earth as in heaven, and he is fully capable and able to bring his will and work to fruition. The second word that we will talk about today is peace. And we certainly know that with everything going on in the globe right now, we do need the peace of God. And I'll be reading from John, the 14th chapter and verse 27. And this is Jesus speaking, and he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So even though there are frightening things going on around us, Jesus reminds us that he's given us a peace that's different from the peace of the world. And God's peace is a peace that resides inside of us and transcends all circumstances and situations that are external to us. So we can have the peace of God even when there's not physical peace in the world. It's an internal state, and it's one that comes only from God. You cannot have this kind of peace, because as Jesus said, this is not what the world gives. It's not that kind of peace. It's something that's lasting, and it's transcendent. It transcends the circumstances, and how much we need that kind of peace today that goes beyond the circumstances that we are in. And the second reading on peace comes from Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses six through seven. And we will be familiar with this for sure. And it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So whatever is happening in your personal world, whatever is happening in the larger great world of the earth where we live, we are reminded that we are not to be anxious, rather to pray to God and take every concern to God. And in return, he will give us a kind of peace that defies human reasoning. It's beyond human understanding. And it's that lasting peace that will keep us even when there's war all around. So it's important to remember this is a great gift from God to have the peace that passes all understanding. And as we've already said, the peace that transcends any circumstance that we may face in the world. The next word we want to talk about is the word joy. And I would like to read something from First Peter, the first chapter, and I'll start with verse six. And it says, in this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So these people were going through a trial. They were going through difficult times. They were going through tribulation. And yet, even as they were grieved by the many trials that they were going through, they were commended for their genuine faith. And that faith was described as more precious even than gold that perishes. And their faith was being tested by fire that it might be praiseworthy and giving honor and glory to God because Jesus Christ is revealed even though we may not see him physically at this time. So because of their belief and their believing, they were able to rejoice and to joy with inexpressible joy. And ultimately, they would receive the salvation of their souls. And that's something to really have joy over. Our lives are eternal, and our time here on earth is brief. And the eternal life that we have and the salvation of our souls begins here and continues into eternity. So when things look bleak on the earth, think about the joy that we have for all eternity and being saved in God's kingdom through the Messiah that God has sent. That's a reason to celebrate and to be joyous. And that's what we're talking about today. And the next word on the list is love. And the first scripture I want to share is one that is known to most people, including some who don't even share the faith of believing in Jesus Christ because it's quoted so often. And that's John 3.16. And it says, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And think about that. God's love was first, and he loved us so much that he made this great sacrifice in sending his Son to die on our behalf. And although we don't have time to go into all the details today and to unpack this more, Jesus had to die because it had to be a perfect sacrifice for sin, a blood sacrifice. And we know that in God's first covenant, the blood of animals, that was the blood that was used to roll those sins forward until the Messiah would come to be able to make a sacrifice of himself as the Lamb of God once and for all to die for all of us and those sins, and they're no longer rolled forward. They truly are wiped out. They truly are forgiven. And that's the kind of love that God has shown towards us. And that's pretty powerful. I also want to share Second Corinthians And this is the fifth chapter, and we will read from verses 14 through about 17. And here it says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And think about this. I just mentioned Jesus Christ is the one who died for all. That means he took our place. And instead of getting the death penalty on earth for our sins, he is the one who died, which means we all died in him and because of him. And then it says, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, We regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Here's what I want us to note here in these scriptures, and that is that because Christ has died for us, we are no longer living for ourselves. We are new creatures in him. The old life has passed away, and we are now living for him the one who has made this great sacrifice for us. And when we are living for him, that changes the trajectory of our lives and what we do and what we focus on when we live for him. And so the last verse I want to read about love gives us a picture of what that is that we do now that we are living for Christ. So 1 John, the fourth chapter And I'll start with verse 7, and it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 
In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So we find here that the very definition of love is God himself. And if we claim to know God and to belong to God, and we do not love our fellow man, then we really are deceived. There's no way to love God without also loving our fellow man. And God gave us the pattern first and that he was willing to humble himself, come here to the earth as a human being, a baby in a manger in a poor condition, and then ultimately to die on the cross. And so when we think about God being love, and if we are rooted in him and in love, we too also do things for our neighbors here on the earth. And so on this word of love, I want to share two opportunities, two opportunities to show love to neighbors, two opportunities to give in this season. And the first one is a giving opportunity to the Israel Defense Forces. As the Israel Defense Forces are defending Israel and also Jews around the world, their soldiers, both men and women, also need and require our support. So when you are a friend of the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, you are providing resources for education, you are providing resources for cultural and recreational activities, and for social services and programs and facilities that provide hope, purpose, and life-changing support for the soldiers, both men and women, who put their lives on the line every day to protect Israel and Jews worldwide. And as you can imagine, soldiers on the front lines, they face ongoing and repeated traumas every day just by being on the front line. So donate to Friends of the Israel Defense Forces to provide needed services, support, and connection for those who are making a difference every day. The second opportunity I'd like to mention to you also takes us across the globe beyond the United States. And this is a ministry of Pastor Kinesius Gakura. And we have had him as a guest on the show in the past. He is located in Rwanda, Kigali, Rwanda. And they have just, after 10 years of building, they just did the grand opening of their Nayapuyingo Worship Center in Rwanda. And that was in August of 2023. And they are still putting the finishing touches on that building. And before they can get an occupancy permit from the Rwandan government, 
they need to do a little bit more work. They need to work on security and safety issues in particular, which means they have to make sure that they have cameras in place, fire extinguishers, lighting. They have to repair some tiles in the building, complete the kitchen, soundproofing, make sure the baptismal pool is in place, and so on and so on in terms of what they're doing. Now, this work is significant, and they only need $30,000 more to finish everything and to get the occupancy permit. And they have a matching gift opportunity from a church that has agreed to match $15,000 worth of donations. So if we give $15,000 to this worthy cause, then they will have what they need to finish the work. Now, let me mention this worship center will be quite comprehensive. In addition to the worship center, they will house also a prayer center, a Bible school, and a ministry center for disabled people and an empowerment center for women. And those of you who may not remember, Pastor Gakora is a disabled person himself and is unable to walk without the aid of a wheelchair. And in Africa, that's very difficult, a challenging life. And for many years of his life, he had to crawl on his knees. So he has a heart for the disabled. He has a heart for those who are also impoverished and may be suffering in the surrounding region. So we want to support this ministry in Rwanda and also note that this church was very instrumental in the rebuilding of Rwanda after the genocide. And that genocide took place between two warring tribal groups within the country. And now in his church, Members of those rival groups are worshiping together because of the love of Christ, the peace of Christ, the hope of Christ, and the joy of the Lord. They no longer identify as those rival factions, and those rival factions resulted in about almost a million people being killed in Rwanda during the genocide. And now they refer to each other all as Rwandese. They are one. And the church was part of that process and continues to provide the hope and healing from those who are still recovering from the aftermath of the season and time period of the genocide. So again, this is another ministry opportunity to show your love to people across the globe and the links for both the Friends of the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, and the link to Pastor Kinesis Gakora's effort in building the worship center in Rwanda. Those links you will see on the screen if you're looking at the video version of the show. We also will have the links in the notes. And so make sure you give today. These are wonderful projects and wonderful work that's going on across our world. And we want to acknowledge that. During this season, in many churches, not only do they light the candles for hope and peace and joy and love, there is a Christ candle that's also lit. And I would like to just share a reading that just makes me think about the centrality of Christ. 
in everything that we're talking about. This comes from 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, and Paul is speaking, and in verse 17, he begins this discourse, and he says, Therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh that with me there should be yes, yes, and no, no? But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So we find that all the promises of God are in Christ Jesus, and we can say yes and amen to those promises. Apart from him, we would not have those benefits of the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love, the versions of these that are everlasting, not fleeting with circumstances. Rather, they are implanted by the Holy Spirit in our hearts and allows us to live a life that is characterized by the hope and the peace, the joy, and the love of God. And so we want to keep that in mind. And as we close today, I want to remind us of another scripture that's very popular at this time of year. And this is Luke, the second chapter. And this is the picture of when the shepherds got the message that the Messiah had been born on the earth. And I would like to read this starting with verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And I think it's so important to remember that that advent of Jesus' birth and coming on the earth the first time was ushering in an era of peace in the spiritual realm. Those of us who believe in Jesus the Christ, we have his peace. And he was bringing that peace and goodwill to the earth. And the invitation is still open today. We can access 
the peace and goodwill of God through Jesus Christ, through believing on him and accepting him as your Messiah, as your Savior, as the eternal sacrifice for you, that you may be with him forever in eternity. So I leave you with that thought. Consider it and think about it. The choice that you make has eternal consequences. And may God bless you as you are filled with his hope, with his peace, joy, and love as you accept and follow Jesus Christ, the Messiah of God. Merry Christmas and a happy, blessed, and prosperous new year. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.